to a greater extent than, than older people. You know, they're, they're choosing, choosing life's path, choosing where they're going. They're making choices all the time. And those cho- choices affect their life, affect their life. And sometimes not making a choice is still a choice. You know, sometimes I think people don't make any, they don't make certain choices. They think that you didn't make a choice. But in some situations, make, not making a choice is a choice. And you get the consequences of that because our choices have consequences. You know, the things we choose, what we choose to do, they all have consequences. Galatians, the sixth chapter, beginning with the seventh verse, says, Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Choices have consequences. You know, we will, we will pay for what we sow. Sometimes it takes a while. And that's too bad sometimes. Because sometimes we can make bad choices and sow bad things and think, well, we're getting away with it. And then we later find that that's not the case. It says we sow to the flesh, we get corruption, destruction. If we sow to our selfish desires, and that's what I believe a lot of people do in these days, is a lot of people sow to their flesh. Whatever makes me feel good for the moment. Whatever gives me instant gratification, that's what I'm going to sow to. Because that's what we're looking for, instant gratification. And so we sow to the flesh. And then we reap the things of destruction. We sow to the ways of the world around us. We're so greatly influenced by the world around us. You know, with communication the way it is nowadays and TV and visible things to see, there are so many things that want to appeal to our fleshly desires. And we choose to sow to that. And if we do, then we sow and then we get the consequences. The Bible says it's corruption, destruction. But it says if we sow to the Spirit, we get life. If we sow to the Spirit, we get life. We get life. We get blessings. We get joy. We get peace. Things that you can't buy. Things you can't buy. The things you can't buy can't be taken from you. The things you, can, the things you buy can always be taken away. You think about it. Now, they're not always taken away, but they can be. You know, there's nothing we have in the, in the physical realm that can't be taken from us. You know, it can, it can all be taken away. But when we sow to the Spirit, we can have joy, peace, blessing, no matter what's going on. And so we see that it's important that we, we look at these choices and we think about choices. We think about the choices we make. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, beginning to 13th verse, it talks about two different paths. And it says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. One of the biggest choices we make in life is what path we're going to take. 
What path are we going to take? What are we going to follow? Where are we going to go? What's, our, what's the path we're going to take in life? And it's interesting, the Bible says the first path is real wide. Real wide. You know, it's pretty easy. Pretty easy path. It's big and wide. You don't have any big obstacles. It's an easy path. And it says, and it, says it has a wide gate. Well, it has a wide gate because it's easy. You want to make it easy to get in. Easy, real easy to get in. A big wide gate, big wide path. Easy to get into. Easy. And it says, you know, there's no resistance. This path, this path doesn't start out having much resistance. You get on this path and you can kind of do what you want to do. You know, you kind of take easy, easy ways and you can kind of go where everybody else is going. There's not much resistance. You just follow the crowd. The crowd, it's a big wide gate because there's a big crowd getting through this path, I think. And so we can make this, this choice. I believe this path feels comfortable at first. It's pretty easy, pretty easy. You know, it's, it's kind of the way that, wow, it almost is appealing sometimes. I think it's probably appealing most of the time. It's interesting that this path is pretty appealing. You know, it's big and wide. There's not much resistance. We can kind of just flow right into it. I don't even know that you have to make much of a choice. Probably if you want to, you just go with the crowd. The crowd's going that way. It's a big wide path and it's a big door and the crowd's going that way. You kind of like, you just kind of go along. Go along with that path. But it says that that path leads to destruction. I believe that path doesn't have a lot of rules and regulations and disciplines. You know, there's not a lot of do's and don'ts. You can do whatever you want. You know, just do what you want. Do whatever feels good to you. You can make up your own rules on this path. You can decide, you can decide who God is. You can decide how God operates on this path. You can make that choice. Yeah, I think God ought to do this. I think God's like this. I think God loves everybody. I think everybody's going to heaven. I think God is just good. You can make all you can you can make your own God. It's a pretty easy path. But it says it leads to destruction. The other path is narrow. Not a wide path, it's a narrow path. You can't be wandering around aimlessly. You can't be going this way and that way and Kind of taking your own jaunt and stroll and go and do whatever you want. It says it's a narrow path. Narrow path. Not a lot of options. You know, it's, it's a narrow path. It's got guidelines, rules, and regulations. You're not in charge of this path. You don't get to do what you want. It's not your choice. You're not in charge. So this path is a little tougher. I don't think it's really quite as appealing as if you step back and look at them. You know, just on the surface, you know, if you're just kind of looking at these two paths, you look at this path and you go, wow, that's tough. That path is tough. All these do's and don'ts, rules and legalistic things. And, oh, you know, I'd rather go where I can do what I want. I can do what I want to do. So... So I don't know that it's very appealing in some ways at first. 
I think sometimes when we see these two paths, we have people maybe that we come across that are making choices about these two paths, and or maybe they've been part way down one path or the other, and they're they're thinking about it. I believe sometimes as Christians we have to be honest and say, "Look, this path is tough. It's a it's a hard path. It is not easy, in some senses. Now, for me, once you're on that path." And I look at the other path, I think, well, it may have some decisions, rules, regulations, but you know, as you get going down that path, it looks a lot easier than what I see other people on that wide path. You know, as you get older, now maybe it's just me, but as I get older, that wide path looks like a mess. And the people on that wide path are having a hard time. They're struggling because that path leads to destruction. And so we can also see that the narrow path is probably lonely at some times. Because it says, wide is that other path? Because there's a lot of people that take that path. But narrow is the path that leads to life. One of the hardest things for young people to do is to choose the right path and to choose the narrow path because most of their friends don't, and it's a lonely path. I believe it gets better as you get older, but I believe there's a point, it looks to me like in late teens, in that time of life, that when you're making choices, if you choose to take the narrow path, you're going to feel kind of lonely for a little bit. Because you just don't see many of your friends going down that path. The danger being that we give in to that feeling of loneliness and we want to say, well, you know, my friends and want to be with all my friends and do what they're doing. So I guess maybe I'll try that path for a while. But it always has consequences. It always has consequences. And it may not come right away. But I believe that the choices we make about the path we choose affects our life. And sometimes we just need to look at where we're at and realize the choices we made prior to where we're at, maybe three, four, five, ten years prior to where we're at, affects the path and what's happening in my life right now. You know, if life is bad where you're at, and life is tough, and you know it's the wrong path, then you've got to come to grips with the fact you made some bad choices previous to where you're at. The answer is to start making right choices. Now, you don't get instant results always. Sometimes you get some, but you don't always get all. The fruit doesn't come right away. We reap what we sow. It doesn't always come right away, but it will come. It will come. You will start reaping life in your life. You will start reaping the things that God wants in your life if you start to choose Him and choose His path. That path also says that if we're going to take that path, we have to deny ourselves. I have to deny myself. I don't know. You know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a pet peeve. I don't know. But... When I'm just walking around stores and going around walking places, it looks like, for me, that everybody's on their own path and they're paying no attention to anybody else. They really don't care there's other people around them. 
I mean, they'll run into you. They'll, it's like, do you, do anybody think there's other people out here walking down these aisles? You know, are you the only person in this store shopping sometimes? I think, what? But then I realize, but see, it's all about them. See, if it's all about you, if you've chosen that wide path, and I don't know where they're all at, but you know, if you've chosen a wide path, it's all about you. So you don't care what everybody else is doing. Just get out of my way and let me do my thing. I don't care about you. The narrow path says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Can you see why the narrow path is not an easy sell? The wide path says, do whatever you want, do whatever makes you happy. It's all about you. The narrow path says, no, deny yourself. It's not about you. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Oh, wow. And at first, it's like, I don't know. That's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that path. You know, I don't like that path. Put that in front of your children. Put that in front of your children and really sit down with them and say, here's the two paths. Or, you know, maybe you might try to teach them a lesson and say, you know, um, we're not going to do this because it just pleases your flesh. So we're going to do this because it's about other people. You know, try that. Next Christmas, say, you know, we're not going to give gifts to each other. We're going to give all our gifts to somebody outside of our family. See what kind of rise you get out of that. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but I mean... It gives them a picture of what it means to deny yourself. Deny myself. I don't get everything I want. It's not all about me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. And I believe a lot of times we haven't told that story to enough Christians as they make choices. And we try to, we try to say, follow Jesus and everything's just going to get better. Why, you want everything your own way now? It's going to get even better because God's even going to give you more. And we try to paint such a beautiful picture of this path instead of being honest about it and say, you know what? Yes, there's blessing. There's a lot of things that God's going to pride. No doubt about it. But you know what? You've got to deny yourself. It's not about you. It's not about you. You know? I always think, I thought about this morning for some reason as we were worshiping. I thought, you know, I was just reminding myself, you know, worship is not about you. See, it's not about me. Well, I, why, you know, well, why aren't they, why is this, why is that? Or I came to church and I didn't get nothing out of it. What? You know? I mean, I think you should. But I don't know if every time you come to church, it's God's obligation to make sure you get something out of it. I'm not sure about that. What I've noticed over the years is there's times when God will say, you know, I have somebody special that's in church today, and I want to minister to them, so it's about them. God cares about the one. He cares about the one that's lost. He said he'd leave the 99 and go after one. So guess what? You know, he'd leave all of us to go after one. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to do that? Just lay down my wants and desires and what I think and how I think and how does this all affect me? It's not about you. See? Because we're supposed to deny ourselves. So the first choice we make is 
Which path are we going to choose? What am I going to, who am I going to follow? And that's where I think that whole thing about Jesus being Lord comes into play. You know, everybody wants him for a Savior, but don't be my Lord. You know, be my Savior, save me, help me, provide for me, take care of me, get me to heaven, but just don't tell me what to do. I personally don't think that works. And I think the church needs to be careful about misleading people into thinking that thought. Because sometimes I think we sort of want to get everybody saved. We want to make it so easy so they just all come because we make it so easy. My observation when I listened about revival is most of the time when revivals came, the revivalists, the evangelists sharing didn't say, oh, folks, come accept Jesus because it's just really easy. He loves you. No, they had fire and brimstone. They said, look, folks. You come and accept Jesus because you're on the wrong path and you're going to hell and destruction. You're going on the wrong path. I mean, they, that, they didn't come saying, oh, come, you know, this, it's all going to be good. No, they come telling the truth. They come telling the truth. The Bible says that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So if I'm going to follow Jesus on that path, then I need to let his word be a light to my feet. His word, his word. I don't know if you can follow this path and not follow his word. I think sometimes people choose not to follow his word because they, they just don't think it's important. I don't think that works. Because if we know him, we have to know his word. That you can't start separating them. And so I choose to follow him. I choose to let him light my path, that path I take. Maybe I need to, I and mean, this is just me, but maybe I need to help him light my path because it's so narrow. Maybe because, you know, if it's a big wide path, you don't, have, you don't need lights, you know. It's just a big wide path. But, you know, I think the path he chooses for is just narrow enough. We probably need a light. We need his word to guide us, to show us the way. It's not about what I think, but it's about what God says. I'm getting this real thing inside of me that says, you know, I'm so sick and tired of people deciding who God is. Man, everybody, you know, it's like, well, I think God, it doesn't matter what you think, God. It doesn't matter. He is who he, he said, I am who I am. I think that's why he said that. Look, I am who I am, not who you think I am. And, you know, we just have so many people want to define who they think God is. You know, God said, let us make man in our image. And I think now man says, let us make God in our image. Let's make God the way we think. Let's, let, let's all sit around and decide how we think God is. You know, he said who he is. He said who he is. And so I think we need to realize that we need to follow that. In John 10... John 10, verses 9 through 11. Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the door. I'm, I'm the entry point. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to accept to kill, to steal, and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they have it more abundantly. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Jesus says, I'm the door. He's the gate. It's narrow. Jesus says, I'm the way. He's the way. There's no other way. There's no other door. The wide door is the one that leads to destruction. The one that leads to life is narrow, and it's him. We accept him and what he has done for us because we need a Savior. We need a Savior. We're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short. At some point in time, we all have sinned and come short. We need a Savior. And he saves us from that place, and he sets us on a path. He gives us a path before us, and then we choose. New Year's is coming. People make resolutions. I'm not against resolutions. Go ahead. You know, I, I have no opinion about them. Here's my opinion. <laughs> you make them, you break them. Choices are different. Choices are different. If you really sit down and choose, if you really think about it and you choose, say, this is what I'm going to do. That's why a lot of resolutions don't work because, well, I think, I'll, you know, no, it's, not a, it's a resolution, not a choice. We didn't mean to make choices. Choose you this day. Joshua said that. He said that at the end of his life. He stood before his family and for the nation. And he says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose. What path do you choose? But he said, as for me and my house, here's the path we choose. We will serve the Lord. And he laid it out before the people. He says, choose. Choose you this day. What path are you going to take? What path do you take? And remember, your choices will have conditions and consequences, even in this life, let alone eternally. You know, eternally is the most important consequence. You know, it's the most important consequence. It's either heaven or hell. And so that's, that's going to be the destruction of all time at the end. But I believe even in this life, you know, I was... I've listened to some people lamenting about the condition of our society and saying, I don't know where we went wrong. Where, what, how's, come all this, how's come all this bad stuff is happening? How's come, how's come all this stuff is going on? What, what, what's going on? Everything seems to be all stirred upside down and everything's a mess and people are struggling and et cetera, et cetera. It's because of bad choices years prior to now. It's not, not, I mean, it's choices we made 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And it takes a little time sometimes to see the consequences. The hard part is once you see the consequences, then you try to deal with the circumstances. You try to mess with it. You try to fix it. And what has to happen is you have to make choices again. You have to go back and you have to repent. Turn around. Repent means turn around. You're on the wrong path. We're getting the wrong results. We're getting a mess. Things are a mess. Our families are a mess. Things are falling apart. Our country's a mess. We don't have enough jails to hold everybody. We have all more more illegals coming in, so we're adding to the problem. Oh, oh, it's a mess. It's about choices. 
Who's going to stand up and say that? Is the government going to say that? No. You know what the government's going to say? Give us more money, we'll fix it. (laughs) That doesn't work. Doesn't work. We have to repent. If my people will humble themselves and pray. You know, God's people. Starts with God's people. If we humble ourselves, turn around and get on the right path, make right choices, start to be the salt of the earth, start to share with people, tell them the truth, quit being afraid until people hear the truth. It's not going to change. It will probably get worse. That path doesn't get better. When you get on that path that leads to destruction, it's not going to improve. It's not going to improve. It has to be being on the right path. And of course, if you say that nowadays, I'm critical, I'm, you know, insensitive to all these poor people struggling. No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell them the truth. It's not insensitive to tell people the truth. The problem is, most of the world doesn't think it's the truth because they believe the lie. So now the truth has become the lie. And it's not easy sharing that with people sometimes. I don't know that it's going to get any easier shortly or quickly. It could get harder as we go down this path. You know, we may not be going. Here's the hard part sometimes as Christians. We're not going down that path, but we're in a world that's going down that path. And if the world's going down that path, even though we're in the right path, we get some of the repercussions of that path in our society. And that gets a little more difficult, more difficult. That's when things like persecution start to come. And that's when they start to hate Christians. Isn't that something how Christians are accused of being the haters? We're accused of being the haters because we're insensitive and we're so rigid and we follow this path and we think it's narrow and we think every, if they're not on the path, they're going to hell, which is true. And so we get criticized for being haters. Ultimately, folks, what happens is when that wide path gets enough momentum, they become the haters. And they hate the people on the narrow path. And they start to persecute them. And in history, when they persecute them, guess what? Then the church grows. It grows. Isn't that interesting? It grows. I used to hate that thought. Oh, church has to grow because you have to be, you know, when it gets persecuted, it grows. Well, that's because when it's easy, we start to wander into that wide path, get influenced by it. When life is easy. When you start to live under persecution, you start to decide what you believe. And it narrows up and you get more conviction about it. And then God really comes in. I think he really starts to use people. So think about your choices. And you know what? Help your children with their choices. That's a lot of what you do as you raise children. You raise them and you teach them, hey, you make this choice, this is going to happen. You teach them. You know, you make this choice and this is what's going to happen. You make this choice and you try to teach and train your children. But most importantly, teach them to choose the right path because someday they have to do that. They have to choose a path. One of the statistics is when our young people go to college, 
the ones raised in the church, about 80% of them choose the wrong path. Because they probably never chose the right path in the first place. So encourage your young people. Encourage them. Encourage them. Tell them, hey, here's the right path. Walk on that path. Live it before them. You know, we need to live and walk that path. And do it with conviction, humility, love, but conviction that it is the right path. It is the path. And we all make that choice. To not choose is to be on the wrong path. Everybody chooses. And no choice is on the wrong path. So we need to choose. That's why Joshua said, choose you this day. Don't wait for tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to make the choice. It's now. Make that choice. Make that choice to choose the right path. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we, as we come and we think about a new year, Lord, help us to just kind of look at our life. And maybe we just need to evaluate sometimes and say, well, which path am I really on? Lord, help us to see that your way is the right way. That your word is true. Lord, if, if we're on the wrong path, Lord, help us not to be afraid to repent and turn around and get on the right path. Lord, it's never too late for that. No matter how bad it is, no matter what we're going through, it's never too late. So, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that would need to make that choice, that they're on, they know they're on the wrong path, Lord, help them to choose this day who they're going to serve. And, Lord, help them to choose you. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for your love for each and every one. Lord, help us remember that you love the people on the wrong path. Sometimes, maybe as Christians, we gloat because we're on the right path and those other people are all wrong. But no, Lord, you love those people on the wrong path. You died for them. Lord, help us to have that same love and compassion for those people. Help us never to be arrogant because we think we're better because we're on the right path. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. Lord, I pray if anyone would like prayer this morning, anything they'd like our prayer team to pray with them about, or you just encourage them to come up front and pray with them at the end of the service, Lord, that they might just come to you and receive whatever you have for them. Lord, we just thank you for that. Dismiss us now with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.